What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork podcast. Today we had Natasha Nagindi on our podcast, otherwise known as the Thick Nutritionist on Instagram. And she is a Canadian non-diet nutritionist, Zumba instructor, and entrepreneur. She spent years being a slave to diet culture, but was never able to keep the weight off. After hitting rock bottom, she finally gained food freedom and learned how to truly love herself. Her lived experiences have inspired her to help others who are struggling with the same issues to have found food freedom and accept their bodies too. I love that. And one of my favorite things about this episode today was how Natasha shared how she, she shared her story, but she shared how I don't, how do I say this without giving too much away, but she shared how when she came here, she stopped moving her body for particular reasons that I won't share, but it was so relatable the way that she talked about how she got back into movement and found the actual joyful movement. And one of the things that I share in this episode, um, towards the end, so you have to listen, but one of the things I shared is, you know, walking for me used to be such a no, no, heavy air quotes as like a time waster because it was so associated with, for me, that movement needed to burn calories or blah, blah, blah. Right. And she talks about the difference between like movement for joy and doing something for your body versus diet culture. And it was just like, it's kind of gotten my brain like spinning with all of the relatability and the way that this is just not talked about enough. And we certainly haven't talked about it enough on here. Totally agree. And I think with just being summertime and there's so much pressure from diet culture of like fitting into a bikini or like bikini body ready and all that kind of bullshit. I think it's a very timely episode in the sense of, you know, talking about the different intention behind movement, right? When in diet culture, the intention behind movement is always to shrink your body, burn calories, punish yourself, etc. Basically just always tied to the body shape and size. And now, um, just really learning how to shift that intention to something other than shape-shifting your body, which I wish it was as easy as just saying that and like logically <laughs> knowing that because I think sometimes people do have that expectation. I don't know about you, but I've worked with clients who are like, I know I should enjoy it, but, and it's like, no, no, no. It makes sense that you don't enjoy it because it's been right. punishment or the intention behind it has been to shrink your body for however many years. Natasha said that she had like a moment with a dietitian herself that like helped her find this joyful movement. And like we say many times in these intros, this is another great episode to really like get out your pen and paper and think about what your 
what brings you joy in the movement space and also think about your why behind why you choose to move your body. Um, it's like such a great learning experience. And you hit on this a lot, Sam, I think when we were off air, but movement and nutrition are part of intuitive eating. And oftentimes that movement piece is not really talked about because there's so much to unpack with the food aspect. It sometimes takes a backseat, but it's so closely tied together. And when you can really break out of the diet culture, like space of movement. It's just, it really is enjoyable. Like it, it is like my husband watched me the other day and this is getting long. I'm sorry, but I was like hysterically laughing on the Peloton because Cody Rigsby was just like grinding on it and like having a party. And he was like, you're like, what are you doing? I was like, it doesn't matter. Like this is the best 20 minutes of my day. <laughs> and like, it can be that, but it never was for me. So if you're listening to this and you're like, feeling any type of emotion about where your movement is in your life, this is a great episode to listen to. I totally agree. And I've, I've talked about my own fucked up relationship with movement on podcasts in the past. And (laughs) I totally agree. Like movement for me was always about shrinking my body, like particularly in high school and college years. So like it was so necessary to take a rest from it for a really long extended period of time, because I just like, wasn't ready to go back to it. And, um, but I've literally wanted to get a Peloton just because of Cody Rigsby and literally it's only so necessary. Yeah. It's you could take only his classes too. And you'd be fine for like months and years. I mean, it is just, it's a party. Like the things that he says, like my husband was hysterically laughing. Like he was talking about like live, laugh, love signs and why they need to go in the garbage. <laughs> He's like, you had all of these. I was like, and they're in the garbage. <laughs> like. It sounds like we're manifesting our next guest in the movement category. Oh my God, don't. (laughs) Why not? Why not? Natasha is our amazing Zumba instructor that people hear from today. And we are manifesting that we can get him on here, Cody Rigsby, for hopefully a future episode. But I love that. (laughs) Yes. Now we're just totally going down another rabbit hole. But Natasha's episode is freaking amazing. She's amazing. Her account is amazing. Um, so if you're looking to make peace with not only food, but movement, especially as what we talk about today, head over to Instagram and give her a follow and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the, what the actual fork podcast today, we have Natasha Nagindi with us. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. And I feel like when your face popped on our zoom call, I was like, I love your account. I constantly follow you on social. So I feel like I stare at your face a lot. So it's nice to finally meet you virtually and and get to know you better. So we're excited for the convo today and we will start the conversation off with our favorite question for our guests is, can you tell us your most recent moment or most, it doesn't have to be recent actually, it can be totally like years ago, but your most profound moment that stopped you in your tracks with diet culture and made you just say what the actual fork is going on? Okay, well, that's a great question, but there's so many different things literally every day that when I saw this question, I was like, where do I start? So one that just really shook me was the baby food diet. Have you guys heard of that? I don't know if I have. 
I'm enough. like appalled. I have not. But please, please tell me. Enlighten us. <laughs> okay, so basically you can have a maximum of 14 jars of baby food a day. So like pureed whatever, fruits, vegetables, grains, meat, if you're feeling fancy. Um, and you can drink coffee and tea and water. And you're allowed to have like a regular adult supper, but it just can't be a big portion. So that's the diet. You just try it as long as you can. <laughs> My almost one-year-old son won't even eat purees out of a jar. So like, why are people doing this? <laughs> and where? how long ago did you see this? Is this an old one or is this a newer one that you've just seen with the new year? Oh, well, it actually came out two years ago, apparently, but I didn't actually hear about it until two days ago in a conversation with a friend. <laughs> wow, that one just shook me. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. I, I think I'm shook because I haven't heard of that one, but I think sometimes like, and we've said this before on our other podcasts, like we forget how messed up some of diet culture is because when you surround yourself in this intuitive eating space you know with other anti-diet professionals you're not seeing these things so that one is like crazy mind-blowing it's such a good point that you bring up though because i recently did a TikTok live and somebody asked something about intermittent fasting i was like people are still doing this like is this isn't gone yet like it's so much nicer to be in our bubble don't you think yes definitely but the thing that sucks is that even if intermittent fasting goes away with that title it will come back with a different title so it's tough <laughs> That is such a good point. And so that leads us really seamlessly into our next question, which is tell us about yourself. So a little bit more about how the Thick Nutritionist, your Instagram handle and business came to be a little bit about your journey prof professionally and personally, and just really the inspiration behind your incredible social media and all that you do in your business. Okay, so to tell you um, the answer to that, I will have to start way back in South Africa in 2004 when I was eight years old, if that's okay. <laughs> Great. So basically, when I was there, I saw many different body types that looked like, you know, my own or my mom, my aunties, my cousins. So I definitely thought that being in a larger body was normal. But then when I came here, all of these self-esteem issues started to come up because I started learning about the Western standard of beauty. I started, you know, having friends, seeing the magazines, TV shows, and just thinking, wow, okay, so I'm not thin and I'm not white. What am I going to do? I, I, there's no hope for me. And so I basically lived many years with that mindset. And so I didn't allow myself to actually enjoy life or enjoy food and movement for what it actually is. And so I was always trying to lose weight and the very most extreme diet that I ever did um, came towards the end of high school. And that was because I had a massive crush on a boy, which is so sad in retrospect. But yeah, I just really wanted his attention. And he told me if I could just lose 50 pounds, then I could be prettier and you know more attractive. So then I thought, yes, he's right. Let me do this. This is for a healthy lifestyle, whatever. <laughs> um, and so then I actually restricted to basically eating the calorie intake of a 
toddler um, and I was working out six days a week. I was just so unhealthy, but because I was losing weight, everyone was like, wow, what are you doing? You look so healthy. Me more, which really did suck, but it gave me a false sense of confidence because I thought, oh, so I have this new body, it's acceptable. Um, and the problem with that is that during that time that everyone was treating me like a nutrition guru, I was trying to decide what to major in in university. And so, obviously, nutrition science, best option. I'm going to teach people how to lose weight, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, and so, I started gaining weight over the years of school and it was terrifying being in nutrition because obviously we're not supposed to not supposed to be in bigger bodies because it's weird it's not what society thinks is healthy or normal and so I was just more and more down on myself until I basically reached rock bottom and up until then I had never heard of intuitive eating or anti-diet anything so I went to this dietitian's office and I told her my story about how I've just gained so much weight and I don't know why and I just need to lose it all. And so she said, I hear you. I, I have lots of clients like that, but I actually have a different approach to nutrition if you're willing to like hear it out and try it out. So at that point, I was willing to try anything because I had tried everything else and it didn't work. So I accepted the invitation basically. And so I immersed myself into everything anti-diet. Um, and that happened to be a lot on social media because not many people are talking about this like um, in person, in real life, in my circles. And so I really had to seek out a community. And when I did that, I decided, hey, I want to share my journey as well as I figure this out. So let me come up with a good title. So the best I could think of at that time was The Thick Nutritionist. And so I was actually still, still in school at that time. And I was just putting everything as I was learning it. And I got more and more people to follow me along. But then when I was finally done and had my own practice, it was nice to start teaching people about it from um, a point of having lived experiences. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and just being vulnerable. And I feel like it is such a relatable story to so many and it needs to be talked about more. And there's so many different places I want to go, but Jenna, I saw you nodding along too. So I want to hand it over to you and, and see which direction you want to take this. I mean, I, I'm speechless. I think one of the things that stood out for me too is when you were talking about movement, because that's clearly something that's so important to you. If you look at your social media, which is what I'm looking at over here, there's just so much there and Zumba, which we've never in interviewed a Zumba instructor before. So I want to hear more about that as well. But you mentioned that you gave that up when, um, when you came here, I believe was that was part of the story. And so what was that like for you? It was really hard because 
Prior to coming here, I actually was really into anything involving music <laughs> and dancing. And I actually had my first diet culture experience, I should say, when I was in South Africa, because I went to this ballet class for kids and she poked my stomach in front of the whole class and said, hmm. <laughs> and so that, that was pretty horrible, but I didn't really connect the dots at that time. Um, but yeah, so I tried ballet, didn't work out for me, only had the one class. Then I came here um, and I tried figure skating, which was right when I got here. So I was not thinking about my body. But then I started getting made fun of for being a whale on ice. So that's when I stopped with the movement because I'm like, well, this sucks. I, I can't do anything without being made fun of. So I basically just took a seat until Basically, one day, many years later, I did give myself permission to have fun in exercise again. That's what I want to hear more about and like how you found Zumba and how it, it really does bring all of that together. And I think when I think about joyful movement, I think about walks like first, just because that was something in my diet culture past that was like a walk is just a waste of time, heavy air quotes. Mm -hmm. um, but now it's like my favorite form of movement, but dancing is number two. And I think that so many people discount like what the happiness of moving your body in that way can bring and the impact that it can have on your overall health. And so I think Zumba is not really talked about as much anymore as it, it had a moment. Like mm -hmm. I would say 10 years ago, maybe it was like all you saw on TV and ads, um, but it's so special. And I would love to hear how you found that and kind of brought that into your space. For sure. So I thank the dietitian for this transition because in one of our sessions, she said, okay, so what was a form of movement that you genuinely enjoyed as a child that you don't associate with dieting? And so I thought dancing, like that, dancing was has always been fun. And it's something that I never considered an actual form of movement. So um, I actually thought, hey, there is local Zumba classes. Let me go join one at my gym. Um, prior to actually going to this gym, I wasn't really sure what to expect from a Zumba class because Saskatoon, where I was coming from, is actually a very tiny, small city with not many people of color. Um, but when I went to the gym, I actually surprisingly heard African music and I never thought that would come <laughs> come up. Uh, so I was thinking, this is a sign. This is definitely a sign. I should be here. And so I went into the class. It turned out the instructor was someone who wasn't in a small body. So that made me even happier. So I, I felt very comfortable being in that space. And when I look back, thank God I had her as my instructor because I've been to other Zumba classes that left me feeling bad afterwards where the instructor is just yelling out weight loss tips and talking about fat burning or whatever it is. So I was really lucky that I was in this class. And it's funny because not too long into the journey when I still was struggling with that desire to lose weight, um, I told her, oh, um, the more I come to your class, the more I think I'm losing weight. And she really did not respond to that the way that I thought she would. She was just like, okay. Um, <laughs> 
And we kind of skipped over it. And she just asked if I've been having fun and that she noticed I'm coming more often. And so looking back, that was so compassionate of her, even though in the moment I was like, why isn't she more happy? Um, but yeah. Does she have an Instagram? I'd like to follow her. I don't know. <laughs> I literally don't know. She just dropped off the face of earth. And I wish I could tell her, hey, you inspired me to become a Zumba instructor because you were always so happy, so energetic and comfortable in your larger body. And I wanted the same for myself. So that's how I came into the Zumba instructor space. That's amazing to hear that story and how you were able to go from a place of basically being shamed out of movement, right? And, and all of these experiences that you shared, but then working with someone in the anti-diet space to say, hey, you can reclaim the joy that all of these experiences took from you. And so also amazing to hear that, like you said, you had this such a positive experience going into that Zumba class because it could have been so different. Mm -hmm. So for people who are trying to find joy in movement again. And maybe they're, maybe they're thinking like, Hey, a Zumba class sounds like a great idea or some form of group fitness at my local gym sounds like a good idea, but I'm afraid to step foot in a gym, right? I'm afraid to go back into this space that used to be so militant or structured or punishment or calorie burned focused. What tips would you have? Because we did see on your Instagram that you did an amazing post talking about just three tips to be more confident at the gym. So if you could just kind of expand on that for us of any words of wisdom you have. Sure. Okay. So one big thing that I would say is try to go in with a general idea of what you want to do. So don't necessarily get intimidated by the weight section and all the people doing whatever they're doing. Don't compare yourself to anyone's workout. So if you're there for a group fitness class, go on wearing the outfit that makes you feel the best um, and go in just with the intention of having fun, not looking at how fast anyone else is moving and just kind of remembering your why of why you're actually in that class and why you're stepping into the gym. So just really try not to see it as, you know, a diet culture activity. I love that. I love that. And I think it's so, sometimes we think it's like so easy to do that, but it's, it's giving yourself grace, right. And having that time. Cause if, if exercise or movement has been tied to dieting and diet culture for so long, um, that can be really difficult, but I loved how you said to like, wear an outfit that makes you feel comfortable and, and that you feel your best in keyword, feel your best in not look your best in, right. Yes. Shifting that attention. Yes. <laughs> yes. Focus on how you feel, not what you look like. Oh, and one other thing I forgot to mention is giving yourself permission to take breaks and to rest. So just having that intention from the beginning that you are going to honor your body throughout the whole process. So there's no set rule about how long you need to be in the gym. I love that. And something that you just said that I was like, couldn't write it down fast enough. Um, when you said, remember your why. And I think something that with clients that I've worked with in the past, something they really struggle with is shifting their why from a physical focus, because our whole lives air quotes, we've been taught that you work out 
to change your body. And so I think that myself personally, I struggled with this a lot when I was coming out of my own darkest hours, but how do you help clients find their why in fitness that is not physical focus? If you have any tips for that. Sure. Um, So we just basically look at all the types of movement that they're interested in and look at, okay, so this is what sounds the most exciting to me. Um, Let's say it's something like kickboxing. So then I'm like, okay, what makes you enjoy kickboxing? What is it exactly? How does it make you feel? What are some ways that we can keep track of all the amazing progress you're making without looking at the scale or how many calories you're burning at all. And so then we'll think, okay, so this is for increased confidence. This is for increased energy and to have better sleep and to be in a better mood. And we just kind of move from there, if that makes sense. And fun fact, Sam and I used to kickbox together. Oh, (laughs) That's awesome. I want to try it. I know. And Jenna's been posting some kickboxing like at home with her new bag workouts. And I'm like, I, you're making me want to go back and do it, but I'm wondering if it's going to be as fun without you. It's not. (laughs) It won't be. It won't be. Well, I love that. So everything that you're saying so much, and I think it's such, it's such an important part of intuitive eating. And, you know, when we talk about making peace with food and, you know, my personal business is find food freedom. Often people don't think of movement as being a part of intuitive eating because they hear the word eating, but mm-hmm. these relationships are so intertwined and, and so close together because of how diet culture takes over fitness and movement and kind of takes that joy away from us. So we also saw that you do, it's called the joy and movement workshop. So we would love if you could just enlighten our listeners a little bit more about what is that and how can they get access to that? Okay. So basically the rediscover the joy and movement workshop helps you break down whether or not your relationship with movement is healthy um, and what to do if it's not. So then there's also tips for how to reintroduce it into your life in a way that actually fulfills you and makes you feel your best. Um, And then there's also just tips on how to do it in a safe way and how to do it in a sustainable way. And you can find it on my website, thethinkingnutritionist.com. Perfect. That was going to be my next question is in addition to your website, um, if you could just repeat your Instagram handle for everyone, because if they don't already follow you, I'm sure they're going to want to now. (laughs) Okay. So it's at the thick nutritionist. Perfect. And I'm assuming they can get all your goodies and info there. Everything is there. Natasha, if there's one thing that you want our listeners to take away from this conversation, because I think that we dropped so many facts in such a short amount of time, but if there's one thing that maybe they missed over that you really hope that every person listening takes with them on their movement journey, what would it be? Above all, be kind to yourself and be gentle in the movement that you choose to do. Make sure it like not only fires you up physically, but also mentally. I love that. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Natasha. No problem. Thank you for having me. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves, and follow along with us on social at What the Actual Fork Pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for a lot more fun. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.